0: Welcome to the Back to Work Connect podcast. I'm Gina Oglesby, CEO of Back to Work Connect, an education and employment career hub, designed to get returners and career changers back to work. In each episode, we will discuss topics that are important to you, including financial well-being, mental health, and the supports available to help you get back to work. In this episode, we are joined by Neve Burke, founder and CEO of Sprout Plans to discuss redundancy packages. You're very welcome, Neve. Thanks, Gina. So today we're going to discuss redundancy and the financial consequences of losing your job. So what is redundancy and what are your employer's obligations?
1: So first of all, I suppose to be clear, you know, redundancy is not dismissal. So redundancy is when the job, your job in your company no longer exists, right? A genuine one is where your employer has a real business reason to make you redundant and they must be able to justify it. So for example reasons for redundancy might include like uh, financial difficulties within the business, if there's a lack of work. So therefore you know you don't have anything to be doing there. If the business is being reorganized, um so for example your employer was originally doing loads of accounting and now they're going to do loads of tax and you don't have the tax qualifications. Or you know I suppose worst case scenario if, if the business is, is folding altogether or closing altogether for whatever reason. This would be compulsory redundancy. And, you know, you don't have a choice about being made redundant. You're taking redundancy, unfortunately. But sometimes when an employer continues, like we'd see this a lot with with banks, obviously not Ulster Bank in Ireland, but with other banks that they might say, we're doing a reorg and we are going to cut 10% of the workforce. And we've seen a lot of that with tech companies recently. They'll just say 10% across these teams, X, Y, and Z, we're going to cut them Back. But they give everyone in the team the option to put themselves forward for redundancy. You know, this is called voluntary redundancy. So everyone will make an application. Those who are interested will make an application. And those who want to stay in the job won't make an application.
0: So you're offered voluntary redundancy or compulsory redundancy. So have you any financial entitlements if you've been made redundant, whether you want to or not?
1: and so first of all they need to pay you out your notice so there is depending on how long you've been with the employer there is a minimum requirement so if you've been with them say between 13 months and two years they have to give you one week's paid notice then if you've been with it increases and if you've been with them for more than 15 years this is a minimum of eight weeks notice now under your own employment arrangement with the employer they might have said in the contract we will give you three months notice irrelevant of the time that you've been with them so You know, the one week and the eight weeks is a minimum requirement. And then if you've been with an employer for more than two consecutive years, they have to pay you statutory redundancy. And then they may, at their discretion, they may add to this, which is what we call the golden handshake in a redundancy package. And it would be more common in larger institutions like banks, for example, it would be very common that they pay more than the statutory redundancy amount. So statutory redundancy, it's a lump sum based on your service, your length of service with the employer. And if you are eligible for redundancy, you're entitled to two weeks of pay for every full year service. So it has to be a full year and then one additional week's pay. But this is actually capped at 600 euros a week. So if you were to earn a thousand euros a week from your employer, your statutory redundancy would be based on 600 euros a week. And so how are these
0: payments then taxed?
1: So there's two different payments to be considered here. So first of all, we spoke about being paid in lieu of notice. And you may or may not have to work for the employer during that time. That's still subject to income tax under the normal rules. So that's part of your contractual arrangement. But then you have the lump sum, which is which is taxed differently. And the statutory redundancy is never taxed. So that is tax exempt. And it's exempt from tax, USC, and PRSI. Over and above this, if your employer pays you additional lump sum, the golden handshake, there are a number of different ways to calculate a potential tax liability on this. And what tends to happen is you would weigh up your options with regards to all of them to work out what is the most efficient thing for you. So first of all, there's a basic exemption. And here, the first €10,160 €765 Euros for every full year of service is exempt from tax, USC, and PRSI. And then above that, any lump sum, so above your statutory and your basic, any lump sum is then subject to income tax and USC, but not PRSI. So then there's a second exemption um, that, to be considered, and this is called the increased exemption. So if you haven't taken another redundancy in the last 10 years, and if your pension lump sum from that pension, the present value of it is less than 10,000 euros, you may wish to consider this. So what it does is it adds another 10,000 euros onto the tax-free element of the redundancy package. Now, if you were to do that, you give up your right to take a tax-free lump sum from that pension when you choose to retire the pension down the line. So it needs to be weighed up very carefully as to whether this is a good option for you. And then finally, we have the standard capital superannuation benefits. So I'm just going to call that SCSB if you don't mind, Gina. This is very beneficial for high earning individuals or maybe if, you know, You might get some of your packages, shares, or something like that. And here what they do is they look at your average earning over the last three years, along with your length of service. And you can then choose whether you're going to waive or not to waive your tax-free lump sum from your pension scheme. So say, for example, Sam earns 100,000 euros from company A, and she's been with them for 20 years. She's 50 years old. And say the net present value of her future pension is 50,000 euros under the scsb if she does waive her future pension tax free element she would claim up to 133000 of a lump sum tax free but if she doesn't waive her future pension tax free lump sum this tax free element is reduced by 50000 so the net present value of her pension but it's still 83333 83,000, euros of a tax free lump sum versus the basic uh, which we mentioned above is 10160 plus 765 for every full year. So for her 20 years. So it's still more if she looks at the SCSB and that option is available to her. But really, I think it is a very complex area and it is important to talk to an accountant really about all your, all your different options.
0: I was just going to say, it sounds like it's, it's incredibly complicated. So can you take as many tax-free lump sums as you wish during your lifetime?
1: So there's actually a lifetime limit on redundancy, Mm -hmm. tax-free redundancy uh, payments of 200,000. So if you're, I'd say, fortunate enough to be with a number of employers and you're with them like, you know, each employer 10 years and they're all paying you redundancy packages. Mm -hmm. Once you get to 200,000 of tax-free lump sums, excluding the statutory, that's the maximum amount. It's a lifetime limit of tax-free redundancy lump sums but this is very different from the first 200,000 in a pension tax free lump sum that you can take so you could still you know leave your pension lump sums retire and be in a fortunate position to also take 200,000 from your pension tax free at retirement it's interesting to know that uh, that there's, there is a cap on it or you could choose to keep your tax free lump sum from your pension at retirement and say that's worth 50 grand today so you can only take you take a lower tax-free lump sum we'll say of 83 today you still have a tax-free lump sum from your pension but you can then carry forward. you can get more redundancies up to the 200,000 and you can still take your tax-free lump sum from that pension at retirement so that's why the pension element comes into it so
0: ultimately you need to be really careful about um taking lump sums in case they affect your pension um options when you get there.
1: Yeah. You know, it sounds really exciting to get this big lump sum now, but really what you want to do is you do want to sit down and weigh up all the options and what it means. So I was saying in that previous example that Sam is 50. Sam might choose to not waive her right to a pension lump sum. She might take her redundancy now and she might transfer her pension into a PRB and then retire it and take another tax-free lump sum from her pension at the same time and start drawing an income. So there's, a, there's there can be great planning opportunities. I think that's the main thing. And really to sit down with an accountant and go through it.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think the accountant or sit down with a financial planner to actually, before you make any decision, is the best the best way forward. Without a doubt, yeah. Okay, so we mentioned the, the tax. So PRSI and USC, are they payable on redundancy payments?
1: Well, employer and employee PRSI, they're not payable on the severance on the lump sum part of it they're still payable on the in lieu of notice piece and the taxable part of your your severance package is subject to usc so not the not the tax free part you know potentially you could be paying marginal taxes in usc of 44 on some of the lump sum and zero on the rest of the lump sum
0: so ultimately your employer calculates your your wages and pays the revenue on your behalf. I is that the same when it comes to calculating your redundancy payments?
1: Yeah, it's your employer again. And most of the time they'll actually assume the basic calculations of the again, the 10, 160 plus the 765 per year. So they'll they most of the time they will apply that assumption and they'll pay it over to revenue. Now you also must file your annual tax return as well, declaring that lump sum in the year. But, you know, if I'm talking to an accountant, you didn't agree that the basic exemption calculation was the best way, the most efficient way of calculating the tax due on your lump sum. You can actually make a retrospective uh, claim through your online services with revenue. OK, so redundancy payments
0: might therefore give you an end of, and I you might get a nice little lump sum from a redundancy. So. You know, if you're offered voluntary redundancy, you know, and you've been there for a good few years, would it be worth going for it?
1: Well, this is all down to the uh, individual person, really, Gina. You know, what are the personal circumstances surrounding the offer of redundancy, whether you should take it or not? Yeah, you know, for some people, they see they've worked in a company 20 years. They see huge potential for a nice big lump sum. Maybe their employer might be offering five weeks for every year that they worked And they're saying this is a big lump sum. This could clear my mortgage. I'm debt free. This is fabulous. That's great, but don't be clouded by the lump sum. Think about what does life after lump sum look like? Because if you've got another twenty years to work or thirty years to work, how are you going to support yourself financially? That can be great if you've built up a nice pension. You know, maybe some people can afford to retire early. You know, if they're in their fifties, they might decide, well, I'm actually going to take my lump sum. I'm going to clear my mortgage. I'm going to take my lump sum from my pension, and I'm going to retire early. And you know that that's what my strategy is going to be. But other people might need more money, and they might be at that age. You know, maybe in the fifties. How employable are they? What are they going to do? Are they going to go right back into the same role that they were doing? Are they a bit sick of it? Are they frustrated? You know, so it can also present a great opportunity, especially for returners. Gina, you know people. You want to do something different. You know, they've worked 20, 25 years doing a career. They want to retrain. They want to go into marketing. They, you know, they really have developed a flair for it, but they don't have the qualifications. So a lump sum can give people great opportunities to take different paths.
0: When given compulsory redundancy, um but you're not happy with the packages or the fact that you've been made redundant or the you know the the redundancy package. um is there anyone you can talk to? Is there any sort of complaint you can make? or um we know we've heard a lot of recently a lot of big tech companies letting huge amounts of people go and you know, you often hear the employer say like we've there's a real generous uh, redundancy package, but you often hear people who, only get basic uh, redundancy, even though they've been there
1: for, you know, 30 or 40 years.
0: Is there anyone you can talk to? Have you any grounds to um, fight the decision?
1: Well, I think, first of all, you know, when I talked about the statutory redundancy at the start and, you know, the, the minimum notice periods and things like that, that's the obligations that the employer must meet. And unfortunately, you know, if it's compulsory redundancy, there's a reason why your employer is letting you go. And, you know, maybe they don't have the cash flow there. So if they don't give you your compulsory statutory redundancy amount, you know, then you have a claim. But unfortunately, that's all the employer is required to do. But if you feel that your redundancy has been unjust, so say if you feel that they're only making me redundant because I dated his brother before. You know something really trivial like that. I just use it as an example. If you're unhappy with the reasons why they are making you redundant, you can go to the Workplace Relations Commission, and there's an online form to raise a complaint with with the WRC. But the thing is that all complaints must be made within six months. In certain circumstances, like say those extenuating circumstances where you weren't able to file within six months, you it can be extended up to twelve months. But really, if you feel that the redundancy has been unfair you can challenge it with the WRC must do it within six months.
0: So for somebody who's either been forced to or opts to take a redundancy lump sum uh, what steps do you recommend they take? Well I
1: think first of all it's about the you need to sit down and think about what does life after redundancy look like you know if you've been working in a job for a long period of time and it's a big lump sum which makes it very attractive there's a lot of, um, you know, you might have become institutionalized. You could have been 20 years with the same employer. So you have to sit down, maybe a bit of career coaching and think about, you know, what do the next steps look like, you know, before you make the decision, you might, you might choose to retire, as I said earlier on. You also need to consider as well, it's great to dream about having this fabulous part-time job after you, after you take your redundancy, but what are the actual chances? So you need to be practical about things as well what do you need to do? Do you need to retrain? You know, what steps do you need to do to make sure that life post-redundancy happens? And what if you don't get the job? Can you afford to live? So just, I suppose, thinking about, you know, the personal aspect of it and then the financial aspect of it. And the third thing, Gina, would be it's very important to talk to an accountant. So even if your employer has processed everything through payroll using the basic exemption, you just want to make sure that it was the most tax efficient method of treating that payment.
0: I suppose what happens to most people when they see a big fat lump sum, they think they're after winning the lottery and, you know, they could go off and uh, go banana spending money. So it is really good to sort of take a step back and see, you know, plan what you're going to do for the next, you know, five, ten years, because um, ultimately lump sums don't last forever when they're not invested. Thank you, Neve. That was brilliant. Um, Let's hope not too many people find themselves being in a situation where they're given compulsory redundancy. And if they're lucky enough to get voluntary redundancy and they want to accept their lump sum, that they do exactly what they want to do with the rest of their careers. Thank you for listening to Back to Work Connect, the podcast. I'm Gina Oglesby. And with me today was Neve Jaburka, founder and CEO of Sprout Plans. If you like the Back to Work Connect podcast, you can find us at backtoworkconnect.ie or on Google Play. Thank you to our sponsors, Bank of Ireland, the Begin Together Fund and the Community Foundation of Ireland.